0: Dennis, last week's program was a really interesting program and something has come up that uh, you would like to comment on before we get on to talking about.
1: Jane, it is something worthwhile mentioning to listeners that subsequent to our talk last week on the immune system, I have just finished reading the remarkable work by Dr Sandra Cabot called Corona and Other Dangerous Viruses what you must know to protect yourself and what they don't tell you this is a remarkable text a very explicit text easily read a mine of information for the times in which we live knowing about viral infections what we can do to help ourselves build up our immunity wonderful text i commend it to listeners
0: and we are planning to move on to a herb with a most wonderful name <laughs>
1: Well we are Jane, we're we're going to look at an old favourite, a herb that created quite a lot of interest last year and yesterday in my rooms uh, uh, carried on that interest with a remarkable um, case of the benefits associated with uh, the European herb, the lovely English herb called meadowsweet. So this morning we're going to talk a little bit more about one of my favourites, and obviously one of the listeners' favourites. We'll look at what that herb can do. Beautiful, safe, with multi-purposes.
0: Health Naturally with Dennis Stewart, and we are looking at the herb with the wonderful name Meadowsweet. Isn't it a
1: cute name?
0: Makes me think it's of spring. It's a
1: cute name. It's, it's a cute
0: nearly name. spring in the European <laughs> calendar, look, isn't it? And look,
1: it has a beautiful botanical name, Philipendula. Oh, Isn't that lovely? that, Isn't that lovely. Is lovely. <laughs> but look, last year, I don't know when we spoke about it, but as a result of that, there was considerable interest. In fact, it, it, uh, it surprised me greatly the amount of interest that was shown in the Herb Meadow Suite. But I was disappointed last year in as much that when our listeners went to procure the herb in our area, it was virtually not available. So I took the initiative of actually getting hold of some of the uh, bulk uh, dried herb and uh, making it available for my rooms in New Lambton. And I say this to retailers out there, look, some of the herbs we talk about on this program, wonderful as they are, I wonder why many of them are not available. They were available in my earlier years when when health food stores uh, uh, stocked these things, but I'm disappointed at the way in which many of these herbs, my favourites, that I've worked with for 40 years, uh, are not as readily available as they should be. But that's by the way. But yesterday was a very interesting uh, confirmation of the value of uh, meadowsweet, particularly when used in its most basic form. Now you say, what is its most basic form? The most basic way of taking a herb is to take it as a herbal tea. And many of the great herbalists in our Western tradition, particularly English herbalists, and I've studied under many of them and have their references, they always, well, when I say always, they frequently recommended the use of the herb in its most basic form as a tea. So I had a patient yesterday who had been suffering quite oh, quite serious reflux conditions, and despite uh, using the standard medications, which are known as proton pump inhibitors, that go under various names, and using other techniques, her life was essentially a misery. Inasmuch that eating, seemingly even the most blandest food, she would uh, writhe with pain uh, that would radiate right through to her back. Quite a serious case, well investigated. You can't fault the investigation that this lady had had. But the uh, treatment that ultimately was offered to her was nothing more than an acceleration of the standard medication that is prescribed for reflux in great distress. This lady had listened to my program and had purchased meadowsweet dried herb in bulk for my rooms and was taking two cups, two cups of meadowsweet tea a day, basically a teaspoonful of the dried herb infused in in boiling water, letting it stand and drinking it slowly as a warm infusion, turned the tide of her reflux. Turned the tide of her reflux, as one would expect from the herb meadowsweet, if one looks at its uh, indications, its recommendations, I would consider it, and I say this quite seriously, I would consider it as a botanic challenger to some of the mainstream medicine that is presently being used to treat irritable gut conditions. I talk frequently on this program about the British Herbal Pharmacopeia of 1983, the bible of modern herbal medicine, I would uh, claim. In that text, uh, not surprisingly, Meadowsweet is put forward as being useful even for conditions such as peptic ulceration. It's put forward specifically for hyperacidity, which is the older name for reflux conditions, both prophylactically, ideally prophylactically, but it's not recognized even by many naturopaths, let alone many herbalists. This remarkable herb is not recognized for its potential to be one of the most soothing and healing herbs for the upper gut wall. This lady proved it and was so excited that her condition was being managed so cheaply.
0: Mm. Presumably it would also be available over the internet?
1: Oh, absolutely. So absolutely. it's worth having a search too. Oh, to. look, absolutely. Mm. Uh, I'm hoping that as a result of this, some of our good health food store retailers will take up my challenge um, as, as my days are coming to an end as far as uh, herbal medicine is concerned. A little bit longer, but not too much longer. I'm hoping that many of the retailers and even practitioners that have heard some of my recommendations, will perhaps log into it and seek to uh, stock uh, some of these remarkable remedies, as is the herb meadowsweet. But look, that is only one, only one of its many indications. Uh, Many people don't know that the herb meadowsweet was also the herb from which essentially aspirin was derived. Aspirin was derived from it, which is paradoxical because some would say, oh, this is weird because aspirin can sometimes irritate the gut wall, but not in the meadow sweet because it's buffered by so many other protective substances. So it's a useful remedy in most herbal medicine approaches to managing the discomfort of arthritis, rheumatism conditions, inflammatory states. And finally, with this remarkable remedy, it has great ability to soothe the urinary system. And anyone in complementary medicine would agree that one of the most common presentations we get are stubborn, chronic urinary tract conditions ranging from infection through to what I call irritable bladder conditions. There are quite a few herbs that are useful for addressing the urinary tract, for lessening infection, for soothing the symptoms, and this herb, Meadowsweet, simple, safe, readily available, certainly from my rooms, but elsewhere I hope, people should take it on board. We'll talk in a moment about other herbs that also have a reputation, uh, a simple reputation for managing conditions for which modern drugs are used, but for which they also can make a serious challenge and contribution.
0: To NURFM's health and naturally. And Lorraine has joined us from Toronto. You've got a question for Dennis, and it's all about Meadows Suite, Lorraine. Hello,
1: Dennis. Hello, Lorraine. How are you? Good, thank you. That's
2: now, good. I
0: was just sort of catching a little bit yes. of what you were saying
1: about yes. Meadowsweet.
2: Suite. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I have deterioration in my lower spine and, yes. and in my left hip. Yes. But when I had an um, an X-ray and, and uh, ultrasound, yes. they found I had tendinitis in my left hip. Yes.
1: yes. So
2: they did give me some uh, prescriptions for meloxicam, but you yes. only take that for a couple of days of because it makes you sick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm just wondering whether that meadow sweet would help that condition.
1: Okay, look, um, in my opinion it would. Uh, let me just explain it uh, uh, to justify that the the chemical constituents um, within meadow sweet are very similar to those contained in willow bark. Now, yeah. willow bark is the oldest known uh, anti-inflammatory agent and analgesic in medical history. It was used, in fact, by the Greeks, uh, the forebears of our of our civilization and the fathers of medicine in our our culture. Meadowsweet contains a similar chemistry, albeit a little bit more complex, which allows it to be used in multiple conditions. The presence of crude salicins in both these herbs explain the reason why both of them can be seen as useful agents in attenuating or lessening inflammatory conditions associated with the muscular and skeletal system. So I would have to say, and based on my experience and also based on the literature, if you were, for instance, uh, to look uh, on the net, if you look at the British Herbal Pharmacopeia of 1983 and uh, uh, look at, uh, say, the herb Philipendula, which is the botanical name for meadowsweet, you would see confirmation for its use as as a mild anti-inflammatory the thing about it is it should not be seen as an overnight resolution. Uh, it's what we refer to in our profession as a gentle remedy. Now, gentle remedies okay, yeah. gentle remedies are, are those defined by Dr. Rudolf Weiss as being, number one, very, very safe. Number two, they have a complex chemistry. And three, they have a slow onset. However, the, when they begin to kick in, The result is very effective, and from that perspective, I would say it's worthwhile giving a go. You are best to try to get the dried herb. The lady that um, impressed me greatly tomorrow, uh, yesterday I should say, um, used, as I said, the herb as a strong herbal tea, that is using the dried herb, usually a teaspoonful of the dried herb infused in, in boiling water, cooled and then take it a couple of times a day now if you can't get it there if you can't get it you can always get it from my dispensary in New Lambton try locally first I'm not there pushing my own bandwagon but if you can't get it it's available for my rooms at New Lambton in my opinion you you should give it a go you should give it a go
2: thank you all Thank the, you. That would be really good.
1: Yep. You should give it a go.
0: All the very best with that, Lorraine. And, right. And uh, to and your RFM's health naturally at the moment. Uh, Dennis Stewart, uh, uh, we're talking about bittersweet? Uh,
1: bitter melon. Oh,
0: bitter melon. Be- bitter is, sweet's yeah. a bit of a combination between <laughs> bitter melon and meadow sweet. I think it's what we call a segue, a transition. I believe you. <laughs> I
1: believe you, Jane. I believe you. But let's <laughs> talk
0: about bitter melon. Look,
1: bitter melon again. Um, I could talk about this all day as you you could because you know a lot about it. Uh, you indicated that to me before the program, but you are aware now that it's even available as a, as a vegetable in some uh, stores. I've known that for a while, and bitter melon probably uh, is best taken as a food, albeit Australians are not famous uh, for indulging in exotic foods that can be a little bit challenging, and with the case of bitter melon, It proved to be so challenging for many of my recommendations that I actually developed bitter melon powder as a way of people accessing the benefits of this remarkable um, herb. In fact, I have a a well-known hotelier in the Hunter Valley that I occasionally call into and deliver him my containers of Bitter melon, I always get a good schooner of beer when I go there, but it gets no reduction, no reduction in price, but lovely guy, lovely guy. Look, it has helped his and many other uh, people's type 2 diabetic readings. Now, let me qu- be quick to point out, bitter melon is not insulin, although in India it is colloquially known, as, as in Ayurvedic medicine, as the natural insulin. It is not that It is not that and should not be seen as an alternative to insulin and may not be appropriate for people that are in fact now insulin-dependent. But bitter melon is one of those foods or herbs, if you want to call it that, taken in its fresh state or in its powdered state, which is useful for quietly helping reduce the blood sugar levels. And in early type 2 diabetic diagnoses, where the medical practitioner, and let me emphasize Diabetic or diabetes is a medical condition. It must be monitored by your GP, their prime contact therapists. Anything that complementary therapists do is that of augmenting the, the mainstream approach. But where you have an early diagnosis of type 2 diabetes, maybe even before uh, the GP has prescribed, say, something like metformin, a trial on bitter melon is sometimes remarkably and I say remarkably, so successful that going on to it can see the condition, if you like, stabilised and with a lifestyle modification, exercise, uh, weight loss uh, and uh, the change in one's dietary emphasis away from carbohydrates towards protein. With bitter melon, one can see a, di- a direct impact on blood sugar levels to the extent... If patients or if people uh, go on to uh, bitter melon, uh, and they are, uh, if you like, on the on the borderline or maybe even diagnosed type two patients, if they are under their doctor's care, they should let their doctor know that they're using bitter melon, which can be procured as a food in the supermarket or, as I've said, containerised in, in powder as I've made available. They should let the GP know because uh, there may be uh, such a significant reduction in blood sugar levels that this might confuse or puzzle uh, the, the treating or the doctor that's treating the condition. That is how effective this herb or this food is. It is a very, very useful, and yet in our society, underappreciated, mm. underappreciated. Uh, mm. So I recommend it again as a herb that I have on this program. program over the years, extolled its virtues, Produce my own product, powdered product, based on it as something that, in my opinion, every type 2 diabetic should consider using. Type 2, uh, Talk with your GP or your health therapist. Give it a go. You've got everything to, to win, nothing to lose, in my opinion, with the regular use of bitter melon as a food or a supplement.
0: Health Naturally, and Dennis Stewart taking your calls and also talking about some remarkable herbs. Now, while we're uh, still thinking a little bit about Meadows Sweet, Ken rang in from Bolton Point, Dennis, mm-hmm. to ask if you were going to talk a little bit more about uh, Dr Cabot's books. Well, she's yeah. written several yeah. books, hasn't oh, look, she? she? This has. is a recent I, I, one. I
1: have, uh, I have great regard for, for, this, uh, for this lady, a remarkable medical practitioner in my opinion, and with great empathy with both systems of medicine. I have recommended her her books on uh, things like liver detox and uh, HRT uh, to many of my patients over the years because, in my opinion, the good doctor writes very sensible uh, texts or books that the lay people can read and understand medical information which can be taken on board, understood by the lay person, and acted on. That is a very significant skill. Now, in in this latest work, which uh, I haven't been able to put down, my wife said to me at about 12 o'clock last night, um, are you still reading that book? I couldn't put it down. It was such a remarkable work. I only uh, had it recently, uh, the book entitled Corona and Other Dangerous Viruses by Dr. Sandra Cabot. In the climate in which we live, this text is useful. I'm not in any way at all um, uh, promoting this with any vested interest or ever or anything like that as a program involved in passing on information uh, potentially useful for a person's health. The Good Doctor's latest work, Corona and Other Dangerous Viruses, uh, by Sandra Cabot, in my opinion, is something that anyone who is concerned about where we are at today, fighting viruses across the board, This is a text that can at least bring you up to speed fundamentally with what viruses are, the multiplicity of them, the great threat that they pose uh, to our health today, an ongoing threat, and the way in which uh, medicine uh, is having some incredible impacts on it, but also the way in which useful supplements that the good doctor recommends in this text can be used in the same way that we were talking about last week, when we were looking at immunological support. Uh, Dr. Cabot is great on this, reinforcing, if you like, uh, the medical approach with sensible, understandable, easily accessed supplements to reinforce our own immunity. I will not say any more on the text. I recommend it, and uh, I would be surprised if anyone, upon reading this text, didn't come away with a better understanding of where we're at today in fighting particularly this wretched virus.
0: This is Health Naturally mm. on yep. a new RFM. And uh, Jenny has rung in, Dennis, from Caves Beach. Yep. Yep. And, uh, well, noses are for smelling, but they don't always smell good things. Now, Jenny, you've got um, a problem. Uh,
2: yes. Um, yes? B- before I start, I have been to... Dr. Sandra Cabot, when she wasn't
1: famous at Yaguna. Oh yes, yes, that's a yes. fair while ago, isn't it? Yeah,
2: that was a long time yeah, ago. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, I think and, that um, was that probably yeah. would have been in the eighties. Yeah, yeah, that's
2: right.
1: I recollect that yeah. because and she was lovely. I, I was practicing at Buronga in Redleaf oh. Avenue, and um, um, I had my patients coming to me in the, in at who. Uh, were happily being looked after, particularly for female problems, by the good doctor. Um, Oh, right. That's a long time ago, a long time ago.
2: (laughs) And I think that um, you are um, a really fantastic man. You're very clever and very smart.
1: Oh, I haven't <laughs> been to see you, but I'm just... You are missing Dracula. out on something, my dear. You are missing out on something. People frequently say that to me when they come into my rooms and, and, uh, and I say, well, you must be very disappointed with what you're, what you're looking at. <laughs> oh, I think <laughs> you're
0: fishing, Dennis. <laughs> um, but, uh, but what I was ringing for is I have
2: this terrible... I mm. smelled it today. I'm, a, I'm an AI, and you know,
1: I'm driving
2: along my thought My nose is a bit smelly. mm
1: I do get sinus. Okay. I think what you've probably said there is indicative of, well, what I would consider to be indicative of a lingering low-grade upper respiratory tract infection. Um, And, uh, look, this is something that I would think could be associated with it. Um, Obviously, if it's been there uh, for any length of time and is troubling you, as you would expect, I would say, look see a good GP and, and get it investigated. But sometimes uh, the investigation for something like this will come up with nothing, and so you have to use mm. a hypothesis. So my hypothesis here would be that particularly if you've had a history of sinus, um, yeah. upper respiratory tract infection, it's likely, it's likely that you have, say, a low-grade lingering infection there, which then is, if you like, encouraging um, a discharge, with, uh, with and associated with that, could be an odor. So my, one of the things that I would suggest you try here, and it's very safe. Although uh, I don't know, Are you're taking other medication, uh, Jenny? Oh,
2: uh, any um, blood pressure tablet.
1: Okay. Look, the, the this might sound rather rather quaint what I'm going to say, but the herb fenugreek. Write that down. F-e-n-u-g-r-e-k. Fenugreek. Fen- right. is it now, fen- Fenu, f e n u F-E-N-U-G-R-E-E-K, yep. g r w e k that's good enough Fenugreek. greek now oh. it's it's readily available it's in fact a food and it occurs it occurs even in things like curry but it's best used as a supplement fenugreek as a supplement it has a specificity for upper upper respiratory tract uh low grade um, catarrhal conditions that's the old term we used to use catarrhal conditions i would suggest a trial on using fenugreek capsules fortunately fortunately uh, not only is it very safe but it's very very economical in fact if you didn't want to use the capsule you could even purchase uh, the dried powdered herb and use it as an infusion but it to my way of thinking would be a starting base You might also consider using uh, the American herb Echinacea, which most herbalists would think about prescribing, uh, again to address uh, the infection component. Fenugreek to address uh, the discharge or the lingering uh, potential discharge and Echinacea to address perhaps uh, a lingering low-grade infection. I I would be doing that. Don't expect an overnight resolution, as I said earlier, Uh, The downside to herbal medicine is that frequently it is a slower approach. It's a safe approach, and it's an approach that you're in control of. Give it a go, yeah. Jenny. Give it a go.
0: All the very All right. best. With, I will. Good. All the very best with that, Jenny. And uh, we will just just mention fenugreek. Helen was ringing from Wellington. She's off the line now, but mm-hmm. she, she's been taking fenugreek, the yep, herb yep, you're mentioning, yep, for blood sugar yep, levels, yep. but uh, she's asking whether bitter melon is yep. better. What do you think?
1: Look, uh, fenugreek uh, has a universal reputation for being a useful agent in helping stabilize or reduce blood sugar levels in fact there are commercial products um, uh, that are used uh, or or based on fenugreek to address exactly this problem so in my opinion uh, if you're on fenugreek at getting a good result with your blood sugar levels i would say look stay with what's helping you fenugreek works quite differently to bitter melon. Bitter melon's chemistry is based on what we call bitter principles. The bitter taste of the food or the herb is associated with what we call in herbal medicine the bitter principle within the actual food or herb. Now, bitter principles have multiple benefits within the body, but one of them is an action on the pancreas uh, to improve, if you like, uh, pancreatic activity and better maintenance of blood sugar levels, whereas fenugreek works because it has constituents in it which actually slow down uh, blood sugar spikes as we eat our food. The two substances, and I'm being very, very crude and basic in what I'm saying here, but you get the picture. Fenugreek, if you like, slows down uh, the absorption of carbohydrates and stops blood sugar spikes, whereas bitter melon, if you like, Actually works a little bit more physiologically uh, i wouldn 't say one is better than the other. I think that would be unfair, uh, but it is interesting that in the con- in, in countries like India, where fenugreek and bitter melon are used on, uh, virtually on a daily basis, there does not seem to be the same incidence of um, how can I call it type two uh, diabetes, and in many in those in those countries, the cost of medicine. Uh, precludes easy access to medications. So fenugreek and bitter melon used in traditional cultures is a a good good, uh, representative of the way in which, in my opinion, the two of things working together give very good management. I wouldn't suggest, Helen, that you depart from fenugreek, but I'd suggest you consider augmenting it uh, with bitter melon, particularly if the fenugreek is not giving you uh, just what you want.
0: Health Naturally with Dennis Stewart and uh, Dennis Deb has rung in from Charm Haven Uh, Deb your question's about MSM crystals is that correct?
2: Yes that's right Jane good afternoon Jane and Dennis uh, these sulphate crystals I bought some from um, a Bowen therapist lady that was uh, Mm. sort of helping me treat my back problems and degeneration, bulging discs and everything and she said that I could benefit from these MSM crystals so I bought a little bag off her and Mm. I started them in um, November last year. It was just, I think it was about a, half a teaspoon a m- mm-hmm. each morning, and I'd dissolve it in um, some hot wa- or warm mm-hmm. water. And I did that. For, after about a week, I started noticing a, um, a rash around mm-hmm. my neck and chest, mm-hmm. but I didn't um, correlate the two. Mm-hmm. Then after another week, my rash, my gee, it was getting worse. And I sort of thought, I, think, I wonder if it's those sulphate crystals. Yes. And uh, so I stopped them. I said, I'll do a test. And then after about, it took three weeks for that rash to go. So I I put it down to that. Have you heard, Dennis, of anything like
1: that? Um, Deb, this is a supplement that I don't use. Okay. And I will not elaborate on it. uh, But let me emphasize it's a supplement that I don't use. Okay. Now, what I would also say, and you've raised a good point there, Deb, um, in in next weekend I'll be giving uh, one of my final lectures in a seminar series, and one of them will be on uh, natural medicine toxicology. Mm -hmm. Now, one of the things that um, I will be presenting is this, that if one is using any supplement, uh, herb, uh, nutritional supplement, uh, if anything develops, but particularly a rash Mm -hmm. or an itch, that should be seen, in my opinion, as a warning signal. Yes. And I would say to anyone... I would say to anyone, if something like that occurs, back off it. Now, admittedly, some people are more sensitive uh, to even the most uh, innocuous of substances. But uh, a good indication that something is not meant to be taken Mm -hmm. is when you get that early emergence of uh, a mild fever, a rash, Mm -hmm. or an itch. Back away from it.
2: Yes i didn't take it for more i thought i, I was mm. thought i'll press on for that extra week yeah. and then i thought i think it must be i was trying to think what i've done mm. different you know mm. and um i I've, I've put it down to that and then as i said it took about three weeks for mm. the rash yeah. to disappear yeah. Yeah. but it did so i'm, I'm definitely believing it yeah. was that sulfate bmsm crystal
1: well look it may not have been but mm. i i will say again it is not a supplement that I use. Okay. I'm just just a basic old fundamentalist, traditional herbalist. So yep. I t- try to stick to, to my herbs. And I have mentioned today herbs such as uh, meadow sweet and willow yeah. bark. Look, Deb, what I say to you and to all listeners is look for the simple, well-proven mm-hmm. and economical remedies. Some yep. of these newer remedies are so wretchedly expensive Right. But I don't know how, you know, my background working class people can afford them. No, I'm so. <laughs> the same. This was just a little
2: ten dollar bag. It Was probably yeah. about a te- yeah. two hundred grand yeah, she okay. gave me, but I okay. probably had okay. probably you know a couple of tablespoons yeah. of yeah. it by the, after two weeks, and I thought no, well, no well, that's more. That's not for you. Not no, for you. that's
1: right. That's... Anyway, thanks for ringing in, Deb, right, because yeah, you allowed me to touch very briefly on what I call uh, toxicology, even associated sometimes with some supplements that go under the banner of natural medicine. Thank Thanks. you. Thank you, Deb.
0: Thanks, Deb. And common sense is always a good oh, quality, absolutely. isn't it, Dennis? Absolutely. Now, just a quick question from Jim. He rang in from okay. Maitland okay. to ask about the herb that you spoke yeah. about yeah. last oh. week, okay. Astra.
1: Astra. Uh, Jim, what I spoke about last week was the herb called Astragalus membranaceus. Now, I know that's a mouthful, and Astra is, if you like, the abbreviation um, let me just say that Astragalus membranaceus is certainly, in my opinion, and from my reading and experience, one of the most useful um, medications, herbal medications, for supporting ongoingly uh, one's immune system. Uh, and particularly in this climate in which we presently are, it's a supplement that um, I recommend should be seriously considered, uh, particularly by, by people... Um, uh, of my age, 120 years of age, um, the use of astragalus <laughs> as an immune system stimulant. But, but, uh, one of the things that I pride myself on, Jim, and I shouldn't perhaps be saying that because that's very vain, but one of the things that I do pride myself on was that I introduced into this country over 30 years ago a combination known as astragalus 8. Uh, Astragalus supported by seven similar remedies that was being used in the United States for addressing at that stage uh, very serious viral infections. I introduced it through my lectures in Melbourne uh, to students attending a postgraduate seminar. And from that point onwards, it took off. It is available. Uh, and today is probably the most recognised uh, immunosupportive medicine and combination, certainly in this country and certainly in the United States. Look at the net, Astragalus, and then look at the formula, Astragalus 8. Astragalus 8 is, in my opinion, a formula name, so it's not pushing any one particular product, although there probably would be products in the marketplace that uh, would be labelled Astragalus 8, but it's a formula that's latent in the literature, and I first read about it in in the book by the American doctor, Donald Badgley, called Healing Aids Naturally, where uh, Astragalus 8 formula was first put forward. So there it is, Astragalus and the Astragalus 8 combination, what I consider to be a very significant aid to reinforce our immune system.
0: And, uh, yes, have you said enough about the uh, immune system at oh, this well, stage? Look, well, no, look, we
1: can, we can, Jane, we can never say enough about it because um, particularly people that are getting odd, um, even the management of serious viruses is for elderly people. That's a medical management uh, for elderly people. Um, it's, in my opinion, it needs to be necessarily worked at by the elderly person to give that additional level of support. I believe, as an older person, uh, that we've got to take increased responsibility to support what our good doctors are doing, lifestyle, good diet, and immunosupportive supplements.
0: How good is a smile in helping that?
1: Oh, I think it's good. A smile Smile. on the dial? (laughs) Oh, Jade, you are so good. You are so good. So smart.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm not fishing (laughs) either. So we really are in our last minute. It might just be worthwhile saying that uh, there are lots of different ways of listening to your program, to Health Naturally. One of them is, of course, over your radio. One of them is through your computer and listening to 2NURFM um, live on radio. And another one is podcast. And uh, there's a whole oh treasure trove of mm. podcasts of Dennis's uh, programs over the last few years. Oh, and just a quick note in our last few seconds that Peter rang in from Fassifern to say that Astragalus helped him with, uh, cure him, in fact, of Ross River fever a few years ago.
1: That's not an unusual feedback, Jane. Uh, Ross River fever, in my opinion, is a classic condition for which the Astragalus 8 formula is particularly appropriate.
0: And on that note, and that's a very good note, indeed, thank you, Peter, uh, we will say thank you very much, Dennis Stewart. Well, it was a very good program, And Jane, we'll look forward under to your,
1: Under your directorship.
0: See you next week.
2: Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel.